This is a Ranieri & Co. and Headline Productions podcast. For every episode of The Long Haul, we spoke to people at length. Interviews went for much longer than the edits you've heard. As with every podcast, there were golden moments that hit the cutting room floor. That's why we decided to share this extra cut from the conversation between Shane Gould and David Asprey. In this episode, Shane shares some background to her academic career, the story of coming back to swimming in her 40s, and her decision to take part in Survivor in her 60s. Okay, well, first off, I feel a little bit um, silly doing this, almost nervous about it, but would you mind introducing yourself, please? Sure. Hello, my name is Shane Gould, Dr Shane Gould, PhD, uh, from 2019 in the culture of swimming in Australia. I've been uh, best known probably as the uh, as an Australian sporting legend from the 1972 Munich Olympics and won three gold medals, a silver and a bronze, and I held 11 world records in six different events. Uh, I stopped swimming when I was 17. Uh, swimming was not a professional sport at the time, and uh, so... I've done many, many interesting things and had the privilege of um, being able to use my, my fame and uh, privileged position to, to have a very interesting life. Thanks so much for that. It's awesome that I didn't have to give the full rundown. You've got a master's, is it a master's or a PhD in environmental management and contemporary mm-hmm. art, is that right? Yeah, I've got, got two master's degrees. <laughs> I, I did um, a master's of environmental management and my thesis um, was the social uses of outdoor swimming pools in Tasmania. And then I got quite interested in, um, in photography and art. So I s- decided to look at, um, to improve my photography and my understanding of art. And I was also invited to be part of a group called the Art of the Olympians. So I did a, a Masters of Contemporary Art looking at um, swimming images in contemporary art and they did a, a video project. So, so they, they were some of my interests and curiosities. And, and I have the, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, I think, you know, there was a lot of protest and a, fear, a sense that we could ch- make change and we did make change. And so I have this, this energy and this optimism, this hope, you know, that I could change, change swimming or uh, give people more access to physical activity and swimming skills and prevent drowning, you know, think things like that. So, so that's how, how it sort of unfolded for me. While we're on the topic of things that have happened a little bit more recently, I want to talk about your return to the spotlight and uh, the Masters Games and Survivor, which you did with great success. What were some of the driving factors that, that got you back in the limelight and, and, mm. and made you want to be a part of that? That's, it's um, very interesting to revisit that. I'll probably attribute my search for reconciliation, debriefing, uh, making account, uh, reconciling my, my swimming career. Um, I think that that search and that, that uh, over a period of 10 years led to the demise of my marriage. You know, just became untenable to to be an integrated Shane Gould. So when that occurred, 
um, I needed to find a, another place to live and another source of income. Unfortunately, the, the Olympics came were coming to Australia and there are a lot of commercial opportunities for you know, the great, um, great Olympians of the past. I started um, you know, doing some commercial work with the Olympic sponsors. In doing that, I needed to revi- revive my understanding of swimming because I was supposed to be doing some swimming commentaries. So I thought hmm. I'd better find out <laughs> how is what, 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 what's what's the lingo, you know, you know, what yeah. terms do people yeah. use, what equipment are they using, and who what are the names, and who are the coaches, and you know that whole thing. So, um, and at the same time, coincidentally, a swimming pool was built in Margaret River, and all these swimmers came out of the woodwork. So I just changed my group of friends. Um, and joined this master swimming club, Mar- Margaret River Breakers, we were called, um, and we did some master swimming events. I'm sure a lot of your peers, a lot of your peers, would have been really excited to have you turn up and make them look silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of people who know they, you know, they'd see my name in, in the a, a master swimming event. Oh shit! <laughs> up against Shangle. So the pressure was on me, you know, to perform. So so I got serious about about training and getting physically uh, capable and and um, you know studying modern swimming training and techniques. So so that that sort of put me into that pathway of master swimming. Just it was kind of circumstantial more than any great mm. interest. But then I found that I thought, wow, I really like this. I actually like swimming, and it's a different purpose, you know. A whole different purpose, yeah. uh, and you know, there's this um, a- adult swimming competitions, and particularly the ocean swimming. Um, so that just opened up a whole new group of people and interest and insight. And you know, I was looking at do swimmers have to do ten or eleven sessions a week to perform? Because I was doing three one-hour pool sessions, and perhaps one you know, half hour ocean swim. I was riding my horse a bit. I might go surfing, you know, once or twice a week. Uh, but basically I didn't, didn't, and I was doing yoga. I learned how to do some yoga and Pilates. And I was swimming really fast, short distance times, you know, on very little training. So in 2004, I had done a 50 metre butterfly, 30.5 I did at a master's event. And um, it qualified me for the open, you know, the, the, the open swimming championships. And I thought, well, I'll just go and ask the question. Look, if, I, if me at 40, can, can, or maybe 44 I was, 46, 48, I was 48. Um, <laughs> if I can qualify for the, um, the Australian national titles, doing three sessions a week in the pool well what does that mean for the athletes doing 10 and 11 sessions a week maybe we need to rethink that so some of that was a bit of a question other was a challenge you know but it meant that i had a had a another purpose for for staying fit and healthy In 2000, at the end of 2017, I was working on my PhD thesis. Just at that time where you've got to prune so much of it, 
out of what's not important and I get this email, ping, you know, <laughs> Shane, would you like to go on Survivor <laughs> next year? And I said, sure, take me now. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this, you know, this, this hard work of editing my thesis <laughs> to get it, yeah, yeah. Get, get it to get it ready for examination. So, you know, but I'm a bit flippant about that. But I thought, wow, this is really interesting. So for a few weeks over the Christmas New Year, I, I studied the game, watched you no know, reruns, and and looked at it and talked to a number of people about you know about reality TV. And you know, as as I do, I sort of ask ask all the serious questions and and talked to the producer and um, said, look, I've I've got this really good reputation. I don't want this reality TV show to destroy a lifetime of good reputation and she said well Shane if you we can only film what you say and do so if you <laughs> if you're going to be the good girl <laughs> that's all we can we can, that's all we can film but if you're going to you know present yourself in another light we have to present that so um yeah so survivor was me for, for me was it was a challenge and and it, but it, it brought up probably two things one is people say oh Shane you, you're really shy you know, you, you you don't want to be involved with the media. You don't, you know, you, you, you went to Western Australia and, and you know, you hid away in a, in a private life. And I thought, well, bugger that. <laughs> That's not who I am. If I'm yeah. shy, I would not go on Survivor. I would not yeah. do television interviews. I would not do um, documentaries. I would not do, um, you know, photographic interviews. Um, I would not do public speaking, you know. So... Mm. Um, because what what I I chose to do was to to be, you know, to to be famous for, for actually doing something, not not mm. uh, so. So I think celebrity now is about being famous for being famous. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? very valid. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I've I've knocked back a lot of commercial opportunities because I don't want to sell sex. You know, I don't want to sell mm. my body. And I'm very um, careful about what companies and causes I associate myself with. So I've got mm. very, very high standards. And so um, so in agreeing to go on Survivor, I thought, well, I think this could be, this will be okay. This won't, um, this, this matches my, my ethics and um, my, my values in life. Mm. Were there times where that was compromised, where you felt for the, for the, benefit of yourself in the game did you did you hit a fork in the road where you're like oh I might have to do something that doesn't yeah. really sit all that well with you yeah uh, I defended the game of survivor to start with because I didn't want to identify with being a deceptive person but my yeah. husband kept saying oh, Shane it's a game of deception I said no it's not no it's a game of strategy but yeah. I have to concede it is a game you have to be deceptive at times but you can do it nicely <laughs> And then, then, then reconcile it. That say, oh, it's just a TV game, you know. It's just a reality TV game. So, so you can justify, you know, um, what what you have to do. So, um, look, the other the other thing the other thing that I learnt from Survivor about about myself and how people perceive me um, about being shy. The other thing is about swimming being an individual sport, and some of the people on the game, most of them didn't bother trying to get to know me in, when I played Survivor, to their detriment. 
know, and it wasn't that I stayed under the radar. It's just that I was an older woman who, like in society, a lot of the times is invisible. And all these younger players who were 20 years younger than me or more, they didn't even bother trying to find out what I'd done between when I was 17 and 62. <laughs> and that, and they, didn't, they didn't even know. So, so when they said oh, I wasn't a team player because they, they were saying, oh, you're a swimmer, you're a swimming athlete, it's an individual sport. But they didn't know that I, had, I grew up with four siblings um, so I lived in a family of six all my life, um, that, that I raised a family of four, so I lived in a family of six. Um, they didn't know all the companies and events I'd worked on with, with, as, a, you know, as a group. Uh, they didn't know that I played netball for, for many years as, and basketball as a team player. And then the, the idea of swimming, you're actually in a squad. When, when you're training in a squad, you're you're part of that squad. You have to get along with everyone. There might be six or six or eight people in a lane. You have to be polite and and read body language and and get along with people. Um, and then when you're racing and tra- even when you're training, you're watching people all the time. So so you you're aware of of all this environmental activity, and that was just perfect for me on Survivor. And, and they didn't know that I was an animal trainer. They didn't know I'd trained horses and worked sheep and cattle and, you know, and, you know I learned how to swear working, um, working sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sheepyards is where I spent many holidays. So my, my vocabulary was definitely a little bit more expansive yeah. after a few experiences there too. Yeah. So, so all those things, you know, being invisible as an older person and then all these other life skills that they couldn't account for and then saying, you're not a team player, well, they had no idea mm. that I was, you know, probably the ultimate team player. And, mm. um, yeah, so so there's all these different notions that I've had to push back on. There's this, who is who is this Shane? Oh, Shane, you're an individual athlete. Oh, Shane, you're, you're shy. And so by, by understanding, you know, my transitions through through sport and who I am and having those affirmations of think things like, you know, do you know who you are? You know, what, what can you do? And how skilled are you? And and how certain are you of yourself? You know, I, I know who I am and I know I'm not shy. And people telling me who I am said, no, that's not who I am. You know, as athletes, we are objectified. We become a number on a team. You know, we, you know, and with betting these days, you know, when I, when I retired, I've since found out that a lot of people in the in the, the Sydney swimming scene, you know, the, the, the guys in the surf clubs and that, said, oh, Shane, we was so pissed off when you, when you quit swimming because we used to make a lot of money betting on you. <laughs> I thought, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you should, should have um, asked for a handout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, commission. Yeah. <laughs> got to look at what you value in life so 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 there's the the value of swimming and competition like a lot of people have a huge value for you know olympic elite competition and i had that too but i have other values as well you know so um 
So, so those other values and other interests, you know, um, trumped, you know, the the Olympic and um, international competition goals. And, and my life has sort of been witness to to those decisions I made as a and, and uh, when I was young. Um, so I'm being true to myself for the rest of my you know, 50 years or so. The Long Haul is a headline production from Ranieri & Co podcast. This episode of The Long Haul was produced by Liz Keane and Simon Portis. Editing was by Liz Keane. The music was created by Kenneth Lample. Special thanks to Shane Gould and David Asprey. I'm Emma Murray.